Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day and welcome to The Call. It's a Friday here at AusBiz. We've got two experts, one hour. It is Friday, April 8th. I'm Andrew Gagan. Good to have your company. All right, our experts for today, Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners and David Lane from Ord Manette. Welcome to both of you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. In fact, David, you made all the trip all the way down from Brisbane. You're probably regretting it. Just for this <laughs> show. Just for this show, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, let's get into it. I actually, just set, set the scene at the moment. Um, Dorsey, yeah. are we in a bear market at the moment? <laughs> no, well, look, pot- potentially no is the answer. I think we spoke the other day and we were talking about why is this market defying gravity? Yeah. yeah. And at the moment it's commodities. Commodities is, is continually just uh, keeping our market afloat and really sort of moving our market forward and protecting us against inflation, potentially protecting us against some interest rate rises and those kinds of things. Bear market, yeah, there are some signals out there and there's probably a lot of those signals that are out there that are starting to say potentially we could be moving in towards a bear market. But at the moment, I think we're okay. And those commodities, as long as those iron ore prices and the nickel price and the aluminium and the coal price and everything stay nice and bubbly, yeah. then I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, a lot of that, of course, comes down to what's going on in Ukraine. David, your thoughts of where we're at at the moment? Yeah, certainly getting more and more cautious and, and the fact that we are moving into an environment where inflation and interest rates in the US in particular mm, are coming through. That does give us cause on the US and yeah, certainly a little bit underweight on, on US investments. But in Australia, as you said, commodities are, are picking up and should continue to go very well. And actually earnings across the board in Australia are actually quite positive and, mm. and earnings expectations are actually one of the highest in the world. So. That's a positive, but yeah, there certainly are uh, interest rate concerns on the horizon. All right, so uh, let's find out perhaps which stocks you should be holding in your portfolio. Let's get into it. In fact, uh, for the first half of the show, we'll be taking a look at Tyro Payments, BHP, Coles, Macquarie, and Atomos. All right, our stock of the day, though, is Grain Corp. Now, it's upgraded its full-year guidance, saying disruption from the conflict in Ukraine is increasing demand for Aussie grain and oil seeds. Uh, net profit now expected to come in between 310 and 370 million. That's up from the 235 to 280 range that it had previously guided the market on. Chief Executive Robert Spurway adding that ports continue to operate at close to full capacity here, despite that uh, torrential weather on the East Coast, which is obviously causing a lot of problems at the moment. And shares hitting an all time high in morning trade, up over 5%. So it's been on a good run. Is it too late? to gobble up some grain corp. David, thoughts? I think it probably is a little bit too late. Yeah, it's not, not a stock that, that we cover. Uh, it's obviously done very, very well and it's got enormous headwinds for it at the moment. Uh, but we do tend to think that at current prices, it's if you've got it in your portfolio, certainly keep running with the, with the momentum. 
but I wouldn't be wouldn't be jumping in and buying it because it's probably in the best environment that Grain Corp has ever been in. And as with all cycles, at some point in time, uh, we could well see a, a bit of a, a cliff there. Um, so hopefully, if we see a, a bit of a, uh, a resolution of the, the conflict in the Ukraine, mm. we could actually see wheat prices come down a, a little bit. Yeah, okay. So you'd be holding it, but uh, certainly not buying not it at buying this level. Not buying it at the moment. Yeah, no. okay. Adam? I'm going to agree with my esteemed colleague here that it's definitely a hold. Mm. Um, however, um, there are some tailwinds that I think that can definitely keep this going. I was speaking to a farming client today that holds a fair bit of grain corp, and he said that we're going to get a winter crop for the first time in a very, very long time, and that's because of all the rain that's been happening. So there's extra, well, extra grain that's going to be coming onto the system but also then Ukraine is probably the uh, fourth largest producer of um, commodities mm. and soft agricultural commodities into Europe. Now, um, you've all seen the pictures of the, um, the devastation that's out there. How long is that gonna take them for them to come back online, even if peace has been reassumed? So, um, you know, Europe is definitely gonna be crying out through that winter time and, and they're coming into summer. They're gonna definitely be crying out for the grain. So I think there's still some tailwinds there that will continue to keep grain corp going. I do feel that it is at an all time high. So it does seem a little bit scary up here. So it would be a hold from me. Yep. The other one that I would look to buy, and this is my bonus stock for today, is elders. Okay. okay. Elders would definitely take advantage of that winter crop. They'll definitely take advantage of all of the agricultural businesses going forward. So elders would be my pick if you squeeze me for a buy today Andrew. all right that's a bonus yeah and certainly you make that point about ukraine but also russia as well being mm. a major grains producer Correct. as well and clearly those sanctions aren't going away anytime soon okay let's uh, get into your picks and our first stock is tyro payments uh dom wanted to know about this saying it seems like analysts have very mixed feelings about it why is there such a big divide? Of course, it is the fintech institution that sort of specialises in that merchant credit, debit, FPOS. You like it or use their machines when you go and pay for something. Yeah. Adam? I mean, touch point is, is that every time you use one of those tap pays, they take a cut and they take a clip. So it's all about total transactional volume. And total transactional volume for Tyro did absolutely grow last period or last half. But the problem was that they did have higher costs and that resulted in a miss for the first half of 2022. So that's why the market is a little bit skeptical of these higher costs going forward, that, that they are not going to be able to then continue to get that right. So I think I really like this story. I like the way that the infrastructure is built. I like the way that they're able to do it. We're moving towards more of a cashless society. So I'm gonna stay with a buy on this one. One on price, because I think it looks pretty good down here. If they can rein in those costs, I think this one does look pretty good as well. So it's a little bit of a value bottom draw one at the moment, um, but I'm comfortable with it. And if they can get that costs under control, I think we're gonna be okay. Yeah, so David, you take a look at that share price having come off more than half, uh, mm. half lost half its value um, over the past 12 months. So Certainly has. Yeah, yeah, so that represents a buying opportunity to Absolutely, you? yes, yeah. Our analysts are one of those that, that do have a buy recommendation on it and, and do follow it fairly closely and we're actually very positive on the stock. Um, we have actually seen the share price come down largely almost because of the, the company keeping the market too up to date. So they're actually coming out with weekly uh, transaction volume numbers and they've been explaining uh, their, their costs and the analysts have found in, in their half yearly results and their AGM that 
because the, the company is providing a lot of information to the market, the analysts are able to, to pick it apart uh, really closely. So yeah. that's hurt them a little bit, um, but we actually think that- Goodness, the, punishing transparency. Exactly, absolutely. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, but yeah, we, we think that, that management are very good in that space. Uh, currently, they have about 11% of, of Australia's um, total market. The other competitors in that are the, the big four banks, uh, and they're not spending a lot of money on that, that side of the, the market. So we actually think that Tyro is very well placed and, and think that uh, it is a buy. We've got a target price of $3 on it at the moment. So uh, even if we're half right, you, the returns are very, very strong on that, that stock. Yep. All right. That's a double buy. So that's one for our investment committee to consider when we get to it next. All right. Our second stock. Now, this we're going to be talking about uh, commodities, obviously, how they've been flying and how that's benefiting so many Australian producers at the moment. BHP. I've got a couple of questions here. Jeff wanting to know it's uh, petroleum division merging with Woodside. Been said that BHP shareholders are to receive an in-specie fully frank dividend. The question being, what does that mean? Uh, for those uh, holding it and taking that into consideration with the share price of BHP be a buy or are they overpriced? And while we're at it, Peter asking, um, he's uh, happy to hold it for the long term. Uh, he doesn't hold any other mining stocks, but he sensed perhaps that he should, uh, given the secular growth, particularly in EVs. Uh, can you guys suggest, with a clear focus on nickel, cobalt, lithium, um, is that the way to play it? Uh, should you be taking greater interest in BHP or perhaps looking elsewhere to uh, get a hold That's of that? That's a lot of questions. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're going to be spending a bit of time on this. All right. Yes. So, um, Adam, what are your yeah. thoughts there then? Okay, so the first question was uh, about um, a fully frank dividend or how that's going to, to work with the demerger of yep. BHP's oil and gas assets to Woodside. Now, these oil and gas assets are clearly tier one assets in the Gulf of Mexico. They're absolutely fantastic. And it's really going to set Woodside up for uh, growth going forward, where Woodside has been really struggling with their Scarborough and other oil assets uh, around Australia, that they really haven't been able to, to get that growth going forward. So what does that fully frank dividend mean? So basically, you're going to get uh, a shares. Uh, if you're a BHP shareholder, you're going to get some shares in Woodside which will include dividend plus franking credits that will go with that. So from there, um, we don't actually know the ratio. The vote is going to happen in the next coming couple of days, and this is all going to be wound up by the 1st of July or 30th of June. So you'll, we will know a lot more. There is talk of sort of 0 0.17 um, Woodside shares to one BHP share, but we, the, the, the ratio hasn't been... Uh, been made yet. Mm. There's some really good stuff on the BHP's website, so I'd recommend everybody who's looking to do that to go onto the BHP website and it actually answers a lot of those frequently asked questions about that so you can do a little bit more homework or speak to an advisor who can absolutely help you with all of that. The second one was about... Yeah, just before we get to right. that, let's just... Shut yeah, me down. David, did you right. want to add to, to that at all? Uh, no, I think that, that covers it fairly well and the fact that I think BHP uh, is a very, very good dividend stock. Uh, mm. And I think I read recently is is in the top five uh, dividend yielders in the world at mm. the moment. Uh, and they've been paying out their capital or paying out their cash because they're generating so much cash flow from the iron ore price. Yeah. And now they're paying out more of that because of the, the uh, demerger with the Woodside. So yeah. uh, certainly from an income point of view, they're, they're paying out a lot of cash at the moment. And the, the franking credits add to 
add to that uh, you know, benefit for investors. All right, okay. Let's get to the second part then, that question from Peter. Should he be holding BHP and or other stocks to get that exposure to the EV play? So BHP is, is, is I guess, diversified. Mm. So they have been more diversified in the past and they're really sort of shedding a lot of assets like oil and gas. All to do with this ESG side of things. They're really sort of taking notice of what the world's saying and they're moving more into potash. Um, so yes, BHP, because it does nickel and that's one of, and all of their nickel is spoken for. So it's basically, uh, yeah, it, 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 it can't produce as much going forward. So as far as the battery metals, so for me, BHP is a buy, okay? Even at these levels, 50 bucks, it looks a little bit scary up here. I, I, I agree. But I think that they, uh, with the dividend, the, 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 the great of the dividend, iron ore sitting at 160 bucks a tonne. These guys can make it for $15 a tonne, inclusive of dividend. Mm. Do the numbers. Mm. Fortescue does 188 million tonnes a year. Do the numbers. There's not enough zeros on the calculator to calculate how much cash that this thing is mm. going for. But you never buy a resource stock for dividends. So repeat that back to me, everybody. You never <laughs> buy a resource <laughs> stock for dividends. So there will be some uh, pullback going forward. To get to the answer to the question as far as what are those so cobalt, nickel and lithium producers, IGO we really like, um, mineral resources, has got iron ore as well as lithium, so there's a bit of old world, new world, yep. and then AKE, which is the uh, Galaxy and Oracobra merger together, that's right. yep. um, and that's a fantastic business. That, uh, UBS reckon, we read some research yesterday, they got a 10% uptake uh, earnings uplift on that one, so AKE would be probably my pick and then IGO Min Resources if you want to get more exposure. Those lithium stocks, have they run too hard? They probably have yeah. at the moment. It's been pretty, it's been, it, it, but um, what's going to stop, what's going to stop it at the moment? I, I don't see anything stopping it at the mm. moment. So mm. um, yeah, there's probably a little bit more to go in it. All right, David? They are, they are excellent questions because the, the EV theme um, is a long-term theme. Um, Decarbonisation is a long-term theme and the irony is that the more we move towards battery um, power, the more resources that you actually need for, mm. for nickel, co cobalt, lithium, etc. So certainly we, we see that as a long-term theme. Um, BHP, as you said, plays a little bit in that with the, with the nickel. And interestingly, they've just announced uh, one of their nickel mines. Uh, they've got a, an agreement to make that renewable powered. Uh, so they are yeah, heavily that. moving yeah. down the, the ESG front. Uh, touching on, on BHP again, the other component to, to BHP at the moment, and one of the reasons why the share price is performing as strongly as it, as it is, we've had a major change in the index. So with yeah. the unification, it's gone from 6.9% to 11.2% yeah. in the index. So you've still got a lot of active fund managers who are underweight BHP. So they're having to, to buy the stock and that could be a continuing theme for the next six months or so. So it's certainly got a lot going for it. Uh, the outlook is that the iron ore price should continue to, to be strong. Um, but the caveat to that, like not buying resources for a dividend, is when commodity prices are rising, everyone always thinks that they're going to go up. But at some point in time, they don't. Yeah. Um, so at this point in time, still confident that it, it will continue fairly strongly, but you do need to keep an eye on that over the, the medium term. All right, just quickly, if you want exposure to uh, battery metals, what, what would your pick be? Well, my picks are the same, actually. We, right. we certainly like uh, Allchem uh, is, our, is our key there, uh, Mineral Resources and, and IGO. We, mm. 
we like all of those and think that uh, yeah, long term it's a good theme, but yeah, short term we have seen a bit of strength in those, so maybe look for a bit of a pullback to, to buy them. Okay, all right. That was a long-winded question. We had a couple there, so we did well. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get to the next stock. We're going to Coles. Uh, in fact, uh, well, we know what Coles does. Uh, obviously, one of the big supermarket chains. Um, the question, I guess, is, and uh, Charles wanted to, to know whether he should get into this. Uh, it's likely to be a beneficiary just as far as the budget is concerned, yes. uh, obviously, with consumers absorbing some of those food prices, you know, I guess the question is, uh, Coles, Woolies, uh, Metcash, you know, where, where should you be playing and is it worth getting into it? Yeah, they're all beneficiaries of the, uh, the budget and the, the consumer sentiment uh, and you know, a fair bit of wealth going around. We've got a hold on Coles at the moment uh, and our preference is towards Metcash. Uh, we think that it's got uh, better growth in the, in the medium term. Coles is a very good business and it's a great core portfolio stock and certainly those clients of mine that hold it in their portfolio, we're holding it, um, but I probably wouldn't be buying Coles at this price. Uh, similarly with Woolworths, I think they're probably up a little bit higher at, at present, um, but yeah, quite like Metcash in that space. Okay, Adam? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. You look at the share price and you, you know you potentially say that Coles uh, is looking a little bit full at the moment and I probably agree. So my, my recommendation would be a hold on Coles. Um, I really like Woolies. I think uh, they've got a lot more market power. Um, Metcash has always been the third in the sort of the big three or big four, big three as such. So I'm a little. I, I prefer Woolies. I think it's it's definitely fallen over. Um, Endeavour is also uh, a cracker of a business, and mm. that's one I'd probably, if anybody wanted to buy one of these consumer discretionary stocks or just uh, uh, staples, I think I think Endeavour is a better buy. But looking at Coles, it's all about inflation and, and, and supply cost issues. And, and the problem is, is that the supermarkets over the last six months have been shelving or holding on to a lot of that price inflation. And that inflation's moving at sort of three to 4%. But there's gonna be a time when they're gonna to have to start to pass that on to consumers. And that's where we start to see uh, meat products is probably the highest inflationary um, uh, product inside of the supermarkets. And can are going to you haven't been to the supermarket recently, have you? Well, <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, but um, you're right; those the, prices are already they're, they're already, already rising. Well, yeah. I think Coles and Woolies is definitely keeping uh, a lid on that as well. So they're going to going to continue. So prices are going to go higher. There's, as you say, there's no doubt about it. So does that mean that the customer then, um, with interest rate rises, starts to pull back on some of that discretionary spend? Yeah. And then that would affect our big supermarkets as well. So I'd be a little bit cautious up here. I think Woolies, if you looked at a chart of Woolies, it's had a big fall. I think that's probably where some more value lies for me. But Endeavour would be the pick if I was going to go anywhere. All right. Good one. We're going to uh, continue playing in some of the, uh, the, the big caps. Uh, we're going to the financials now. Macquarie. Dan, wanting to know about this one. Um, now, financials, both, well, I guess financials and materials, obviously been propping up the broader index uh, in recent times. So, Adam, yeah. um, how exposed should you be to financials at the moment? And do you like Macquarie? Love Macquarie. <laughs> Love it. And the reason why is that their commodity desk is going to absolutely kill it this half. They are absolutely going to kill it because of what's happened over in Russia and Ukraine. Mm, mm. So um, there, Macquarie is a fantastic business to always under uh, promise, but then over deliver. 
and they always come to the mark and say, eh, it's probably not going to be as good as what we thought last half and just be a little bit careful, but then they're going to absolutely kill it. And I think that commodity desk is, is going to be with the shining light inside of that. Look, around 200 bucks, everybody does get a little bit scared uh, about Macquarie. Um, they do, uh, they have a fantastic track record. They make money in, in, in good markets or bad markets. Uh, their green side of things is absolutely fantastic as well. Look, I, I think coming into the, to this report that's about to come out, I, I'm really comfortable with it. I don't want to sound too bullish to everybody, but I think Macquarie is a really good business and I don't think you can go wrong here. Look, if there's a pullback to 100 bucks, I mean, hey, we, we'd all be saying it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I'm really comfortable and I think that commodity desk is going to do well. So I'm going to stay with a buy on Macquarie. All right. Even as we you know, flirt with that $200 yeah. psychological barrier, as you say. Yeah. David? Certainly like the stock and, and agree with, with all of the points. Um, it is a very, very good business. It's extremely well managed. Um, we've got an accumulator on at the moment, uh, and, and mainly that's due to the current pricing. Uh, still have a, a target price of $227, so I think it's going higher. Uh, on the back of those commodities prices and also their, their renewable energy and their, their infrastructure business growth, we're actually forecasting that they increase their, their NPAT by 49% this year. So it's a business that's certainly doing very, very well, uh, like it for long-term portfolios, but maybe wait for a little bit of a, a pullback in the, in the price if we, if we get that. All right. Any other financials you're liking at the moment? Yeah, we certainly like uh, NAB. Uh, that NAB is the, the pick of our, our major banks at the moment. Uh, we think that it's got a, a very good um, runway in the, the business lending market, and that's where they can ramp up their margins a little bit better than in the, in the home lending uh, space. Uh, and we also like uh, BOQ, Bank of Queensland, uh, as a regional play, although it's, it's now a national business and, mm. and certainly through a number of their acquisitions, they do a lot more than just the, the Bank of Queensland. All right, good one. Uh, that gives us something to think about in the financial space. Uh, let's move on to our fifth stock, and that is uh, a Tomos or Atomos, depending on which way you want to say it. Uh, Steph wanting to know about this one. It is uh, in that space of designing, manufacturing, content creation products uh, for people in the media, both amateurs and professionals. David. Yeah, it's a fascinating stock. It's, uh, the share price hasn't done well at all, um, but we do see that as being a, uh, an opportunity to, to buy it at a, at a reasonable price. Currently at, at 92 cents, we've got a target price of $1.92 on it. Uh, so there's certainly a lot of potential upside in the business. The interesting thing about it is that their, their margins are 49%, so it's a, it's a high margin business and a lot of their uh, earnings for the next half are actually already locked in. So we, we think that it's a, it's a good business. Obviously, it, it is high risk. It is in a fairly competitive market, so uh, it you know, doesn't have the, the industry to, it, to itself, um, but they have got some very good partnerships with Sony and Apple and, and other businesses. So we uh, yeah, like it as a, as a speculative buy. Yep. Okay. So you're buying at this at this level. Why has that share price come off so significantly over the past six months? Oh well, I think we've seen two things. One, the technology stocks in general have all been sold off, uh, and the other is that part of the componentry is uh, 
the silicon chain chips issues. and supply chain issues. Yep. But what management have actually done is that they've invested in the future, if you like, so they've actually put about $9 million of inventory that they've, they've bought in forward. So they've actually tried to anticipate that supply chain uh, reduction. So you know, we think that they're actually fairly well placed in that. So uh, you know, think that the, the sell-off is, is probably a little bit of an opportunity there. Okay, Adam, do you agree? Uh, look, yes, we agree. Um, our research uh, has got a buy on it. Sure and Partners Research has got a buy on it. We've got a price target of $1.80, so we're not far <laughs> off, uh, off your uh, price target as well. Look, there are certainly some key risks that you need to be aware of. Technology change. One is that this, this technology is purpose-built for um, uh, a lot of the, 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 the larger you know, media suppliers out there. So if there's a technology change somewhere along the line, you've got to be a little bit careful about that. Competition, while they are very... Um, well known in the business, but competition, as um, David rightly pointed out, and then supply chain issues is, is definitely a risk as well. But look, trading at a sort of 50% off its sort of long-term uh, price, and EV to sales and their multiples looking pretty good, I'd be happy with this one to stay with my research team and keep it as a buy. It is a buy, that's a double buy, so another one there for the investment committee to take a look at, uh, at Tomos. Hope that answers your question, Steph. All right. Uh, Let's uh, just summarise where we've been over the first half of the show. We began with Grain Corp, our stock of the day there, um, obviously benefiting just as far as uh, well, clearly what's going on with Ukraine and also Russia, given their uh, big supplies and soft uh, commodities, uh, particularly grains. Uh, both our experts here have a hold on the stock. It's also clearly benefiting uh, from uh, what's going on weather-wise here in Australia with uh, the likelihood it's going to produce a good winter crop at the same time. Our first stock got picked as by you, Tyro Payments there. Um, Adam's saying he uh, likes the infra- infrastructure, particularly as far as certainly its uh, total transaction volumes also. Uh, he's got a buy on it, as does David also. Um, although interesting that he notes that it has those regular updates, which um, tends to, uh, that the share price tends to suffer as a result, but a good sign of management there. BHP was our second stock. Uh, we've been talking about uh, commodities and obviously clearly how well they've done uh, recently, uh, given what's going on in Ukraine. Um, there are a couple of questions to answer there, just as far as the dividend, given that the petroleum part of the business is merging with Woodside. Uh, look, Adam's saying it's a good dividend stock. However, what's your point? Never buy a resource stock for the dividend. All right. Uh, nonetheless, he has a buy on it. Uh, David uh, also liking it uh, for those reasons, saying more broadly, a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of managers at the moment, fund managers are underweight in BHP, uh, given it the reweighting on the on the index. Uh, and the second part of the question was, in terms of exposure to battery metals, uh, is BHP the way to go? Maybe not. It's sort of got obviously a stake with nickel there, uh, but both uh, both of our experts there pointing perhaps you should look at IGO, mineral re- resources, and all chem. Uh, then we uh, spoke about coals, of course. Um, the big supermarket chain, both have a hold on that. Uh, David actually prefers Metcash. He's not buying at this price. Adam has a hold on it also. He likes Woolies, saying it has uh, more market power there. And as a bonus, he's given us Endeavour as well. Uh, Macquarie, the uh, financials there. Uh, Adam saying, uh, look, he, he's always been a fan of the stock. Uh, is around that $200 psychological barrier. Nonetheless, he has a buy on it. 
and David's got an accumulated on it with a price target of 220. It's sitting at around 202 at the moment. Uh, he's also likes NAB in that space. And finally, there we had uh, Atomos. Um, both have a buy on it. David's got a specy buy on it. Uh, high margin business is saying uh, they've both got a price target there around $1.90 thereabouts, and it's currently at about 90 cents. So watch out for that one. All right. Let's uh, catch up. The call is, of course, tracking its own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that committee meeting is live for you to watch on osbiz.com. So let's uh, check in, see how it's performing. JB Hi-Fi, ProMedicus, Linus, Incitec, Pivot, they were added to the fund this month, joining equal allocations of BHP, Macquarie, two of the ones we've just spoken about, Mineral Resources, Steadfast Group, Aristocrat, Ordinate, CSL, NextEC, and Universal Store. Then we've got half units in Qantas, Frontier Digital Ventures, and 20% currently held in cash. So our fund currently up close to half percent on a cumulative return basis since its inception at the beginning of March. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, uh, our next five stocks we're going to take a look at. Dexas, Santos, Apollo, ALS, and Eagers. Just before we get into that, um, certainly Adam wanted to say something about the investing committee, given they've got 20% of holding of cash at the moment. Adam, you're finding that surprising. Well, I just find it a little bit surprising that it's sort of 20% cash. I mean, yes, the market, you know, close to sort of all-time highs again. Mm. Um, but, you know, we, we've, we've got this such amazing backdrop of... of, of commodities and everything else that's going on, interest rate rising for the banks. I don't think 20% is probably a little bit too much, and I'd be looking for sort of 10%. But hey, uh, I wasn't invited on the investment, <laughs> committee, so uh, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But, uh, All right, take note. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it depends where you allocate that extra 10%. Dave, what are your thoughts then in that regard? Yeah, well, our strategist has actually gone to 27% cash wow. on okay. the, the balance portfolio, uh, and that's really due to the global view and the concern about the the level of the stock market in the US and the view that the, uh, the, the the equity market hasn't really taken into account the fact that the number of rate rises that they're going to have in the Fed. So mm. holding a little bit more cash at the moment on the basis that we could well see a, a bit of a sell-off in the equity markets to then reinvest. Because yeah. as you said, you're not getting a return on cash. It's really a... a a tactical play to try and uh, you know, buy back in better prices. But does that mean simply you sort of need more exposure to the Australian market perhaps than the US in that regard? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, we're certainly uh, a lot more overweight on the US. Uh, the outlook is, is a lot more positive and the, the dividend yield is still very, very strong. So you're getting a, a good yield on investing in Australian equities. So I think we're at about 45% Australian equities in that balance portfolio. Mm. So that's still fairly high as well. Yeah, yeah. that's right. All right, well, let's uh, get into the next five as recommended by you. Dexas, Geordie, wanting to know about this one. It is the Real Estate Investment Trust. Uh, 
manages, owns, develops Australian real estate uh, assets in uh, retail, office, industrial, <laughs> healthcare, and the like. David, thoughts? We like Texas. Yeah, they're a, ver a very, very good manager. Uh, historically, they've been the, the largest office owner in the country, and they've done very well out of that. They are now taking a bit of a strategic shift, and they have actually been a, uh, an opportunistic or or active seller of a lot of their office properties and particularly some of their what we call the the short whale so the weighted average lease expiry uh, they've actually just sold a, a biz, uh, property next to next to the one that we're up in in Brisbane um, sold it for 440 million dollars part of that strategy that they're doing is uh, refreshing their portfolio and actually having a higher weighting towards in industrial property uh, healthcare so they're diversifying a little bit more, but Dexas are a great property manager, dividend yield of about 5.2%. We've got a buy recommendation on it at odds, target price of $12.50 at the moment. All right, okay. Yeah, for me, it's probably a hold. Um, office is still struggling, I mean, around here in Sydney, and I don't know about Brisbane, but it's still pretty tough out there getting people back to work. Uh, and I think that office space uh, is, is, is really struggling. Um, I, I also, um, real estate investment trusts uh, or, or a lot of these REITs, um, there's a bit of a sell-off that usually happens with those things just as the first round of interest rate rises start yep. to happen. And then as the interest rate rises start to normalise, then there's a little bit more buying that coming back in. So I think you might see a little bit of a pullback on all REITs, not just DEXIS, but all REITs as those new interest rates from RBA saying June and August there might be a little bit before that, there might be a little bit of a pullback in some of these ones. So just be careful uh, with that at the moment. But also, um, we really like the industrial space and Goodman Group is, is probably the better of, or the best in that space. Um, look, it has come off a fair bit from 26 down to 22. So I think there's a little bit of value and it's had, had a fantastic run. But I think Goodman Group is a better pick in the industrial space for a REIT investor. Okay, good one. That's Dexas. Let's move on. Uh, we're back it to uh, energy and obviously what's going on with the broader picture as far as Ukraine and Russia are concerned. Santos, um, Rosie wanted to know about this saying that uh, President Putin's saying he wants to be paid for oil and gas. He sells in Europe in rubles, Bitcoin or gold. Uh, the Europeans are pushing back though. Uh, if that leads to Putin uh, turning off the gas, surely this means that Santos and Beach Energy are a great big buyers. We may not have a choice because now, of course, uh, the EU is looking to turn it off anyway. Yep. So, Adam, does Santos benefit and to what degree? So, Santos has traditionally always been the one that's most leveraged to the oil price. But what has happened in the last three or even four months now, um, it really hasn't moved that much. And I think that's got a lot to do with they just did a very large merger with oil search. And look, you can see by the charts that, you know, sort of March, it, yeah, it has ticked up a bit. But if you overlay that with something like a Woodside share price, it's absolutely, Woodside's absolutely killed it. So for me, Santos is probably lagging. It One, it looks like it's having some inter, ingest, um, it, it's struggling with that all search merger. And so I'd just be a little bit careful with that. It should start to move higher. I'm gonna say a hold. I really like Woodside. I think that's probably the better pick in the, play, in the space with that um, no debt and, uh, and basically the growth outlook for Woodside over the next five years is going to be fantastic. So for me, Santos uh, is probably a hold. Okay, David. 
He's old at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like Santos. We've got a buy recommendation on it. Uh, certainly agree that we like Woodside as, as well. Uh, but Santos is a, uh, a, a very strong business. Um, that The merger with Beach is meaning that they are looking at, at rationalising some of their assets. So they are looking at, at doing some asset sales over the next uh, 12 months or so. But uh, yeah, we do like Santos. They're, they're a, a good long-term play. Uh, our target price on, on them is $9.15 at the moment. Um, the other interesting thing about Santos is that they're now um, becoming more renewable and, and starting to talk about carbon capture. Yeah. Uh, so you know, they are leading the industry in, in that regard and they're actually investing an enormous amount of money in the, the carbon capture. Um, so. I think that they they do get a, a green tick from that point of view. Obviously, a long long way to go, but they are uh, heading towards the the future in the right way. And when you talk about that merger with Oil Search, is that to be expected that you're going to have some teething problems just to try and get some assimilation of the businesses? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're both very large businesses, and and you've got a lot of uh, um, yeah synergies in some respects but then you've also got um, double ups in in a, particularly in terms of the corporate and the, and the administration side of the business so yeah big mergers like that always take time to to play out um, but they're doing it in the right time of the cycle with the the oil price in going in the right direction that, that, that's where obviously you know the admin side and the accounting side and stuff they can really sort of shed and that's called synergies that they're mm. sort of doing they're very well versed in Papua New Guinea, so Santos and also have been there for a long time, so I think that's fine. The Alaskan assets, which have always been um, the blue sky for oil search, hasn't really come to fruition, and I think that's probably where they're struggling, and maybe they'll start to shed some of those assets longer term. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem to me that it's really struggled, and I, I can't work out why that it hasn't moved with the rest of the oil price and the rest of the yep. oil stocks as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, bit of a bit of a quandary at the moment. Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, use some of that oil to hit the road and go camping. <laughs> and we're going to do that <laughs> with uh, Apollo. Sam wanting to know about this one. It is, of course, uh, we're talking tourism and leisure. Uh, and... Uh, that also look at that merger with Tourism Holdings in New Zealand. Uh, it's benefited from Australians obviously hitting the road during the pandemic. The question is what next for the company, Adam? Well, this is where the rubber really hits the road, yeah, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> hey? We're all our one. We're our one <laughs> partner, right? All right. So look, um, they, they came out with an update to the ACCC just uh, a couple of days ago, and the ACCC basically agreed that they're going to delay their indicative timeline in relation to the New Zealand uh, acquisition. So I'll be a little bit cautious on that uh, going forward. That, uh, that potentially means that they're going to have to have a look at that. Um, the stock price has been really tough uh, late uh, on that one. And basically going back to their operating environment and their sort of the highlights that, that they've had, that their first half revenue was down, uh, was 160 mil, now 140 mil. And they made a lot, net loss of sort of 2.2 million. So it doesn't really sort of stack up for me as something that I'd be really excited about. Strong RV sales. I mean, if you could argue that there is a uh, the grey nomad is definitely moving forward. And I was out last week speaking to a couple of country clients, and that's really what they're doing. They're not travelling overseas. They're buying an RV, and these things are bloody expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah, like eighty to hundred grand. Like it's it's amazing <laughs> how much the people are spending on these things. And with the fuel price the way it is, I mean, I was like, aren't you worried? And they're like, no, nope, that's fine. You know, we'd spend that on a European holiday anyway. So, you know, and so 
that kind of thing I think is sort of underpinning it but if you just look at the metrics and you look at the numbers those numbers aren't fantastic and if they can't grow by acquisition inside inside of the New Zealand business I think I'd be cautious on this one so it'd be a sell from me all right okay um, yeah David is the fuel price something to consider at the moment I, I think it definitely it will be yes absolutely but as Adam said, you've got a lot of people who've got a lot of cash at the moment and they haven't been able to spend it, they haven't been able to go on overseas trips. So yes, it does have an impact, but probably for the demographic that you're talking about, it won't have too much of a, mm. an impact on you know, the, their decision. Um, it is a business that has suffered through the pandemic because even you know, we weren't able to go overseas, but in many cases we weren't able to go five k's away from our house so <laughs> you certainly couldn't go in a in a motorhome so certainly their earnings were impacted over the last two years and the prices of motorhomes has actually been one of the bright spots that they have actually been able to take advantage of the um you know the the price increase in used motorhomes as well uh, we had a, a manage a link with the management of thl recently and uh, they were actually very positive and I think the synergies between those businesses are very good, and I think if the merger happens, it will be positive for the for the business longer term. Right. Uh, they are complementary businesses in that they they're in different markets, um, so expansion into the into the uh, U.S. and European market is is positive for for both businesses. So so it is one that we've got to buy on, uh, but it is in the in the higher risk category, obviously. All right, that's interesting, uh, the divergence we've got there. Um, so and I don't know whether it. that, um, <laughs> I, I don't know whether they've come up with any EV um, uh, yeah. Winnebago's and those. Uh, no, you know, I, don't, I, I think, think probably they... Rivian would be in that space, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just while we're on it then, um, do you have a, a preferred reopening play at this point? Yes, we've got quite a few that uh, in that uh, tourism sector, Webjet is one that we, we certainly like. Uh, Sightminder is a stock that, that Ord Minute were involved in the float of late last year. Its share price has come off a little bit and we think that it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of potential. It does the, the back-end technology behind the, the hotel um, businesses, so you know, the, the technology to, to sell their hotel rooms around the world and it is very well diversified uh, across the, the world, so they're two that we like in that space. Okay, all right, Adam, you're going to have a few bonus stocks today. What, what are yours? So for reopening trade? Yeah. Well, it's already happened, hasn't it? The <laughs> reopening trade. It's well, already, it's, yeah. I'm just buying time so I can think of one. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, no, so look, you know, I, I guess some of the travel stocks, yes, uh, are good. You know, you know potentially uh, Qantas, I think, is, is, is the classic one that you potentially look at. Um, the only thing with Qantas going forward is that their fuel hedging strategy finishes mm. on June 30 this year. And I think that's going to really sort yeah, of put a, times. Yeah, put, a, yeah. put a dampener on the, on the raising of ticket prices. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with my other one, Endeavour, because w- what happens is that um, Endeavour's done, and I, I got a, a stat the other day that 30% of the Australian population has a Dan Murphy's loyalty card, <laughs> right? Ridiculous. Clearly you are among yeah. them. Oh, well, my wife anyway, but yes, <laughs> we're definitely, we're definitely, the family's definitely got one. But the high margin business is the ALH, which is their pubs and clubs, and yeah. that really hasn't really gone anywhere over the last six to two years. 
So the reopening trade would definitely getting those pubs back up and running, getting them moving, consolidating some of those, and then buying some more. So. I think Endeavour is a, is a great way to play that. I Fair should enough. add, we, we really like Endeavour as well. All right, okay. <laughs> there we go. That's been mentioned a couple of times today, so yeah, take it as you will. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's move on now to ALS. Uh, Gabby wanting to know about this. Uh, we're sort of back in that mining space again with mm. uh, its a, a testing inspections uh, certification business. Um, and given, obviously it's benefiting given the splurge on exploration uh, at the moment and the drilling boom that we're seeing, particularly uh, in Australia. And interestingly too, uh, that to Macquarie, uh, it certainly attracted its attention. David? We've got a hold on, on ALS at the moment. Uh, it, it is a good business that has exposure, as you said, to the commodity price cycle. Um, we actually see most of the upside coming from their life sciences business. Mm. But the caveat to that is that that's reliant on acquisitions and the company has, has said that they're looking for acquisitions. So a lot of the, the growth comes from the ability to execute those and get them at the right price. Um, current prices, we think that it's uh, it's a hold at um, you know, where they're currently trading about uh, yeah, 13.04. In fact, that's above our, our target price of $12.80 at the moment. Right, okay. So a hold, but um, certainly we'd be buying that at these levels, perhaps waiting for something of a pullback, if you like. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Adam? Uh, yeah, look, for, for the, the history buffs, you know, Campbell's was a fantastic business back in the day and, and uh, that was a fantastic institutional stock as well and obviously now ALS or ALQ, ALS has come through, taken the business over and really sort of pushed it forward with that geochemistry testing, the life science business as well and obviously uh, a pickup on that global economic activity as this business starts to recover. However, I think uh, at the moment, I think the stock is fairly priced at sort of $13. I don't think it, however, it does trade on a, a, an easy sort of multiple of 12 times. So you potentially see there might be some more uplift there. And they've also come out and upgraded their numbers from, uh, from around 260 million from 240 uh, um, last half as well. So there's a little bit of upgrade going on, but I think it's fairly priced. Uh, I, I would be a holder of the stock. I think it's a great business but I just don't see any real material uplift going forward. It does trade on a, a multiple that is actually quite good as well. So, you know, for me, um, there's probably better businesses out there, but this one, if you do hold it, it's a fantastic business and I'm, yeah, happy to Happy to hold it then. All right. If, we, if we're sort of thinking about that mining services space, it's always a bit tricky. I mean, do you like any other companies in that space? Uh, yeah, so, um, well, Monodelphus is the first one that you'd sort of look at because yeah. it's probably the biggest and, uh, and, the, and the baddest in, in that space. So I, I really like that. It was, um, it, it's always such a fickle mining services because, you, you know, you always say, well, you've got to, you sell the picks and shovels. So, you know, you, you do well out of that. But yeah. um, that sector is just, it's just really struggled all the way mm. through. And I've never been really out of picket right austin engineering is that small space and i don't mind something like that so that's a trucks and trailer trays um but the problem is with a lot of these things is is that bhp rio and fortescue are very very good at what they do and they don't spend money if they don't have to and they'll use a truck or a tray for you know it's supposed to be replaced every five years but they'll use it for 10 years if they can get away with it and yeah. because they're so good at what they do that mining services space, if you're not in the drilling side of things, if you're just providing the picks and shovels or the accommodation, Monodelphus, that's where the accommodation sits. I think that's 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 quite good. So yeah, you've got to just pick your, your services a little bit better there. 
and, uh, and th you know, these guys are really good at what they do and they don't spend a single cent if they don't have to. So some of these businesses do starve or have longer cycles. So I'd be a bit cautious in that space at the moment. You agree? I do, yeah. We Mon Monodelphus is a, a very good business that we like. Um, the other one that uh, I've never really been able to pick right yeah. either, but our analyst has a, a buy recommendation on his Warley. Um, they're mm. they're involved in the uh, oil and gas yep. um, services business, definitely like Warley, particularly in in the US as well. So yeah. it's okay. one that we've got to buy on. All right, uh, let's wrap it up. We're going to hit the road again. Uh, Eagers, <laughs> Thomas, wanting to know this one, of course. Uh, it's uh, what's selling vehicles, isn't it? Yeah. Um, will it benefit from that cut in the fuel excise? You know, once again, given those really high fuel prices, is a concern. Clearly, Adam. Look, this, yeah, and this, this is a great business, um, and especially new car sales. Um, I think it's up to 12 months now or eight months to yeah. get a new car these days. Yeah. So, you, you know, that's what's helped and really fueled the secondhand car market, which these guys probably make more money out of the secondhand car than they do the, 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 the new car. You know, you, you go and buy a new car, yeah, you've got to wait six months, so people can't wait. They've got to, you know, so the margins on a used, on a used car is probably better. Um, they've just bought a couple of dealerships uh, in Canberra, which mm -hmm. I think you know looks quite good. Um, I really like this business. They th these guys really know what they're doing. Um, so I'm going to say a buy on this one. Um, but you got to obviously there's risks uh, going forward um, with um, COVID, as well as then that long lead time. So you know be a little bit careful about that. But they do have some really good organic growth drivers, and I think their margins are pretty good. So. I'm pretty comfortable with this one, so it's a buy from me. Does it have, what about longer term? When we talk about that transition to EVs, and that's almost a subscription model, isn't it? Or, yeah. you, know, you, you don't need to go through a dealer yeah. to buy an electric vehicle. So longer term, yeah, where's I, that place? You're right, I definitely think there's headwinds uh, in that space. And these guys are very well, are very well versed in that subscription model and probably making some kind of uh, move into that space already. So, mm. um, you know, it, yes, it's, it's, it's not just about the units of used cars that you, or new cars that you buy. Um, so yeah, that, that, um, they would be working towards that 100%. Um, but longevity, I mean, you know, you look at the amount of cars sold versus the amount of electric vehicles sold at the moment. And I try still to convince my dad um, that, you know, EV is the way to go. And he's yeah. like, nah, don't talk to me about that, son. Mm. Like, you know, it's, it, he's, he's an old, he's from the car yard. So he, he's a rip head. Yeah, he, he, he knows <laughs> it. Yeah. And so the amount of EVs sold to um, combustion cars at the moment, albeit Volkswagen, Mercedes, everybody said by this stage, yeah. we're not going to do it. There's still a lot of sales going into that space. And that subscription model is definitely going to be coming through. And potentially, you might see a bit of a hybrid of that coming through with petrol, EV, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think these guys know what they're doing and they would be positioning themselves for that future uh, change, shift in the industry. David. Yeah, we also like AP Eagers. We've got a, a buy recommendation on it as well. Target price of seventeen fifty. Uh, so there's there's certainly some upside there. Um, the interesting thing about the the demand for new cars is that their um, order book uh, for new cars is up 215 percent since December twenty twenty. Wow. So there's an enormous uh, runway of, of um, orders that they've got mm. there, but obviously can't book those until the until the uh, the vehicles hit our shores, mm. um, we do like the the business. The interesting thing about they've not only bought the the dealership in uh, 
in ACT, but they've also sold the Bill Buckle Group recently. Uh, and unlike Tyro, the terms of those um, acquisitions and sales haven't really been disclosed to the market, so they're a little bit opaque there in, in terms of their, uh, their their announcements to the market. But we do actually think that you know that the business or the management are smart managers, and they've got their, their finger on the pulse there. Um, Certainly, as you said, with the EV market, Tesla's model is subscription model, but all of the, the car companies are moving towards EV. So I think you're, you're right, Adam, that it's probably going to be more of a hybrid model in the future. And if at some point in time that changes, AP Eagers actually have a lot of uh, valuable land and there's, mm, yeah. there's value in that land bank that they've got as well. Mm. So a buy? Yes, we've got a buy on. on okay, uh, that is another buy, another one for the investment committee to consider. Let's summarise where we've been for the second half of the show. Uh, we began there with the Dexas, the uh, Real Estate Investment Trust. Uh, David, um, he's uh, he's got a buy on it. Uh, he likes it. Uh, Adam's got a hold on it. A bit concerned about obviously the office market at the moment and saying that as the tightening cycle begins, likely to see a, a pullback in REITs. He prefers Goodman. Uh, Santos in the oil and gas space, uh, we know what's going on there, particularly uh, given uh, Ukraine and Russia. Um, Adam there, yeah, concerned about that uh, that merger with oil suit, saying it is struggling a little. He prefers Woodside, got a hold on it. Uh, David also preferring Woodside there, but he's got a buy on Santos. Uh, Apollo, the uh, tourism and leisure business, um, it's uh, trying to get through that uh, acquisition of tourism holdings in New Zealand. Adam's actually got a sell on it, uh, whereas David has a buy. Good to get a bit of difference there. Um, but to seeing that the merger would be a positive. And we were also asking there, just as far as the reopening trade is concerned, what they prefer. Both mentioned a couple of Webjet, Qantas, but both liking Endeavour. We've, that's come up a couple <laughs> of times, so I suggest you take a look at Endeavour. Uh, ALS, the, um, that's in that sort of mining services space, particularly as far as uh, drilling is concerned. Uh, David's got a hold on it, uh, as does Adam, uh, perhaps also looking at Monodelphus and Worley in that space. And uh, Eagers there, finally, uh, both slapping a buy on AP Eagers, uh, just given where those used car prices are, but also new, new car sales too. David pointing out there, what a 215%. Um, backlog in its uh, new its uh, order book yeah. for uh, for new cars. Uh, it is a difficult market, particularly if you look in the in the market for a new or a used car at the moment. Tell me about it. I'm getting pressure at home trying to buy a new car. <laughs> All right, uh, that is our show for today, David. Thanks for making the trip from uh, from Brisbane from Ords, and uh, also obviously Adam. Yes. Great to see you again. Thanks Absolutely. for joining us, Sean. No problem. Thank you. All right, any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email at the call at ausbiz.com.au or you can tweet us at ausbiztv. And a reminder where to find those stocks in the calls portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolios.